0: Well, you know, and people don't and it's it's that whole yeah, that's the thing. It's like people people are, are manipulated into thinking because I think everybody's scared to say, hey, you're gonna be in for a ride, you know, and you're gonna your demons will gonna get you, like anything you that's and like in my experience, you know, with the whole thing we just talked about. That's a challenge in my business that I never saw coming. Right? I mean, it's just like your inner stuff's gonna catch up with you. Like this is gonna be like, the biggest crash course in personal development you'll ever take on, and and it's probably taking gonna take. It's like a building project. It's gonna take a lot longer than you think, and the end result will look nothing like what we thought in the beginning, and and there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's, I would say like create your business like a piece of art. Like learn the bits you need to learn, but embrace the process it's about painting not just the picture at the end it's about the process of making music not just like a song at the end right and there's so much more to to gain for yourself for your growth for what you can create if you just embrace that process and not constantly chase it's just, you know driving me driving me crazy
1: Welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and today I have the pleasure of having on the line Anka Herman. Anka, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Glad to have you here, Anka. Where are you calling in from today?
0: Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm calling in from the south of Spain.
1: South of Spain. I know. We were talking about that before we got in. I can't wait to visit Spain and... South France and all those areas over in Europe at some point in our, our travels. For my audience who's following us around, we are still in California visiting my dad. We're on our way the next couple of weeks. We're going to be going down to go see Zion and Bryce and a few other places in the U.S., um, so that should be fun. What I want to do with you, Anka, before we get too far is uh, just dive into your bio real quick, and then we can um, talk about your story. So Anka is a business coach and tech expert. She's the author of Taming the Tech Monster. 18 years ago, she quit her software developer job in the UK to start her own creative business in Spain. Now she uses everything she's learned in business, tech, creativity, and psychology to help tech-frustrated coaches with a big vision build profitable online businesses to serve more clients better. So what I want you to start with, Anka, is why don't you tell me what it is that you're known for? What's your business like? Who do you serve? What do you do for them?
0: Well, what I'm known for, people usually know me as the tech monster whisperer, like, you know, the tech monster, sometimes I've even heard, oh, the tech monster, (laughs) so that tech monster definitely, definitely stuck, and it's usually how people find their way to me, and people are mostly coaches, experts, educators, people who have a mission, they want to share something, and they realize, well, I want to bring all this online, I want to offer my services online, my programs online, but then when they start this whole tech thing feels like this giant jungle where it's easy to get lost in and there's predators lurking everywhere and people are... And not everybody is tech frustrated sometimes they're because they're all visionary and creative and they have these big ideas. But when it comes to down to the nitty gritty to make that happen, pfft, the eyes glaze over. So that's basically what they come to me with, like, I don't know where to start. I don't even know what to ask. This is all too much for me. Can you, can you help? So, And the job is literally to help them hack a path through that jungle and guide them through to make sure they don't waste time and money buying yet another tool that isn't actually the right thing because they're solving the wrong problem. So it's to keep it simple and to guide them through that process one step at a time so that they actually end up with a functioning online business that doesn't take up all their time, you know, with tech and boring admin stuff. so they get yeah, to do Yeah, yeah. And want with the do. way
1: technology is going lately and tools for everything, it's really easy yeah. to end up with a lot of things you're not using or not using well or using improperly. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's it's a definitely a, I like the the term tech monster. It can be, you, you can build yourself a wonderful monster that no one can understand. <laughs>
0: absolutely absolutely and it's it it's it often perceived as this like scary monster and this threat and and um and the book cover it actually has a little and it's actually a little dragon and i always say love like, what feels like a scary monster is really just a friendly little dragon that wants to play and um and that's basically what i help people see so that take the whole stress out of it so
1: yeah, absolutely so I want to talk then about your origin story, how you got into this, right? I you know every good comic book hero has their origin story. It's the thing that <laughs> made them into the hero they are today. And we want to hear that story. Were you born a hero or were you bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to get into tech consulting? Um, or did you start in a job and eventually move to become an entrepreneur basically? Where did you come from?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a that's a kind of quite a windy road, really. And I always looking back, I think the biggest influence, one of the biggest influences was actually the right at the beginning because i grew up in east germany like literally Mm -hmm. behind the wall and it always felt to me as if it was you know unlucky and i was born sitting in this cage you know like there's these kind of bird cages where you sort of sit in there and you can't it's not big enough for you to spread your wings but the bars are far enough apart for you to see that there's something else out there so that sense of like you know if there's if there's a way to get out here i just can't wait to get out to to yeah. you know to basically explore all the things that i was sort of not allowed to not allowed to do and um so i ended up that went so far that i ended up getting out of east germany before the wall came down but that's a story for another day and um it was a it literally was a one-way it was a one-way ticket right it took a while and um one day you get this letter and say, okay, it's your turn. You're out on that. That's your train two weeks down. And you know you literally leave. You couldn't come back. You, would, you knew you couldn't kind of come back to visit anybody you leave behind. You haven't really got a clue where the heck you're going. Like, All you knew was what you could see from visitors and the odd little bit of news that came. So you literally jumped into the unknown with no way back. And at the time, it was just, you just took one step at a time, and all I could see was, hey, the cage door opened, you know, and I can fly now. So I never perceived threat. I never perceived, like, oh, my God, change is scary. It was just like, hey, it can only get better, right? And um, I think comparing, and I think that's given me the that attitude, like, hey, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? Because anything after that always felt like, well, if I don't like it, I can go back, so it's no big deal. So, you know, I've finished uni as a translator, so I'm a linguist by trade, basically. And um, in the very first job I ever had, uh, it was an engineering company, and they were bought out by an Australian company, and I met who was going to be my now ex-husband. And he was Australian, and he says, hey, like, why don't we move to Australia? I'm like, okay you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? I can come back if I don't like it. So there was literally nothing. I had nothing on it. And I didn't even know how rare that was. At the time, it was just like, oh, okay, sounds like fun. Let's go. And um, I quickly, it took me about <laughs> two or three months to realize that working as a translator in Sydney was not a good idea. It took a long time to even get a job. Then it was Still looking back, the worst paid and most stressful job I ever had. And I sent out my resume to anybody who'd have it. There weren't many people who'd have it. And for Australian standards, I had nothing on it because my qualification and the only job I'd had was like overseas. Oh no, that doesn't count. Like, And in the end, there was basically a, a recruitment agent who said, hey, I've got a job for you got a friend of mine who runs a software company and you two are going to get on like a house on fire. And he was right. I'm still in touch with, with that old boss. Right. And he literally, he was the, he was the, um, I was hired as his, um, what was it called? Personal assistant. But the thing was, he was in the process of selling. He was one of, he would now be (laughs) perfectly my client. Like he was one of these big picture, visionary people who was in the process of selling the company. So I had eight hours a day, All his support, hey, you know, oh, you're interested in software. Well, do you want to go to that conference? Do you want to take that course? So he was super supportive when I got into programming. And it was literally, holy, what is all that, right? It was fascinating. And I knew the future was going to be in that space. But, oh, my God, I'm way too old for this. I'm a woman. I'm not that technical. You know, so there was literally, like, I didn't know, like, I don't know. And when every time you start, it's you kind of look for an explanation for something and and then you don't under, you ask a question, you don't understand the answer, because there's again like there's all so many things in there, and then you're okay, what's this and what's that? And it's just like, oh and I was really struggling for a bit. And people say, Hey, you know, you can get a job at this, and I I don't even know where to start, right? And one day dawned on me, wait. This is just, like a programming language is just a language. It's just another language. It's just like a real language, but to be honest, just simpler. It has a smaller vocabulary and it has a very nicely structured grammar. And the moment I could see it like that, I said, like, Oh, well, I know how to learn a language. Right? So now, okay. Like now I know how to go about this. Like, let's just break this down. And don't start and try and read Shakespeare on the first day and it literally made, like the whole field made itself visible to me over time, right, and it didn't really take, that. I was so totally, you know, immersed in it, and, and it was also the time, well, that was the mid-90s, you know, and people quickly said, hey, you should take this industry exam, you can get a job at this, oh, but I don't know whether I really want to work in this male-dominated industry, but then what's the worst thing that can happen, and next thing I know, you know, I work in software, and I'm like, this is cool. Right. And, um, so yeah, that was me in software for, you know, quite a few years that in Sydney and then I moved over to London because that's where, (laughs) where everything was. And, um, until I went on a holiday and started learning Spanish and started going on trips like a little bit like you so just for the fun of it, just for traveling. And, um, And I came and I I took a trip to Granada and I thought well I don't know there's something here this place has something there's something in the air there's I don't know I keep coming back I kind of wonder what it would be like to live in you know in the old part of town in the historic part of town and then there was literally that question like how on earth would I pull this off and um yeah and that's when I thought well if I could do anything and I mean, I must say the, the whole software industry at the time also took a turn that I didn't really like because every, all the big companies that i worked for, they all were going towards, oh, you know, software projects need to be outsourced. So all the projects were less and less technical. They were less, more and more, um, you know, just dealing with outsourcing companies. And I'm like, well, do I still want to be here in 10 years time? And so I took the plunge and, and thought, well, if I can do anything, I turned my passion for sewing into a hobby and let's just go, let's just move to Spain. What's the worst thing that can happen? So that's how all that came about. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And and then you started your your career helping coaches with the... uh,
0: Well, not yet. No, no. The first thing, the first business I started was a sewing business. Like I thought, well, if I could have anything, you know, I'd make custom-made dresses. I'd, I'd been sewing as a hobby all my life. So I knew how to sew and I knew how to make patterns. I was totally obsessed with flamenco. I didn't have a clue about what a flamenco costume actually—you know—what's different. But um, well, we'll find out. And uh, so the business I started was I—I I spent many years m- making dance costumes for flamenco artists, and it was, <laughs> it was the only after I burnt myself out with that. And people started, hey, can you help me with this website and and i don't know and can you help me with this business thing and so it, it only you know it took basically you know I, I i made dresses for over a decade so and then only i burnt myself out and that's when i then thought oh well actually i don't want to sit here with at 60 at the age of 60 pumping out 50 dresses for a performance working through nights and uh and then again okay what do i really want to do and so all i knew then was I wanted to support other people who just started their own business, turned their passion into a business and found, holy, (laughs) like my upbringing has not prepared me for this. Like I literally hadn't got a clue and probably made every mistake under the sun. And I thought, well, if I could save one soul from making all these mistakes, I want to do that. And then I did coach training and then basically pivoted around to what I do now.
1: That's a you, you were not not wrong. That's definitely a winding story from software to moving <laughs> different countries to starting a dress company, <laughs> to moving into doing what you do now. Um, that's it's a uh, it's it's cool to see how you've how you've gone from um, from being essentially in a cage in East Germany <laughs> to running several businesses and learning how to do software. Which you know software in the '90s. That's like right at the beginning, right before the dot com boom and bust. Um,
0: life through sure.
1: that yep yep <laughs> yeah so you got to see a lot of those things firsthand that's really cool so what i want to find out from you is about your superpowers that you've developed over your career right every iconic hero has a superpower whether that's a fancy flying suit made by their genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder <laughs> from the sky in the real world heroes have what i call a zone of genius which is either a skill or a set of skills that they were born with or they developed over their career that really sets them apart and helps them help their people slay their villains, right? So they can come out on top in their journeys. And the way I like to frame it for my guests is if you look at all the skills that you've developed, there's probably a common thread that ties all those skills together. And that common thread is probably where your superpower is. So what do you think your superpower is that you've developed over your career?
0: Yeah, no, I've actually thought about this a lot because with, as you can imagine doing all these things, I often thought like, oh boy, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just like, why do you have to sort of jump from one thing? Why can't you, until I realized, well, actually I always only do one thing. And the superpower really is that s- I see a jungle in front of me, like what looks like a mess. When I see the path, I see the pattern. I see the like I see the map. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm like, oh, okay. If I want this, if I want to unravel that, if I want to create this, it's almost like okay. Well, I need this, this, this. Okay, I need to start here. And it's like super clear. It's instant, and, I, and you know, I don't know. It's it's I can see the pattern. It's almost visual. And it applies if I, if somebody sends me a photo for a dress, I look at the dress and I'm like, yeah, I know how to make it. You know, it's the same with software. It's the same with the translation. It's, it's, it's the same with the business. And that's one thing that I've seen. That's one of something that has become apparent that the process of creation is always the same. So instead of kind of beating myself up, you know, having changed career so many times and having done so many things I thought well they're only just different expressions of the same thing so it's always that same creative process it's like taking that whole big vision and finding the path and f- breaking it down and, and basically making it happen one step one step and one iteration at a time
1: yeah yeah it's a um, similar to what I, I call my superpowers like I've, I've always been able to see the systems behind things like the way yep. things work that other people don't see. Yeah. Um, and like, just as an example, I, you know, my, my wife laughs at me when we watch movies together because like, I don't watch the movie the way normal people watch the movie. Um, I'm like counting the the cuts and like what type of cuts they're using. And I see the lights <laughs> like like how many lights they have on the scene and where they're lit from and what kind of like focal lengths they're using. Cause like, I like cinematography, but I also so like, I, I see it all. I see the system, not the end product. Um, and like, that's part of the enjoyment for me. Um, and I, you know, I do that with everything, um, everything, and it allows me to pick up skills quickly. Um, yeah. And just understand the way things work because you're, you're, you're not seeing just the surface level stuff. You're seeing all the stuff that makes the surface level stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's the structure underneath. And it's, it's interesting because in languages, it was the grammar I was most interested in. Like in, in software, it's the it's the workflow. It's not the you know pretty colors on the front. Yeah, yeah, I can see the point of that. But where for me the fun is, it's this like how to structure, you know, the whole thing underneath. And and it's and one thing I've learned that has been like that goes in that same line is is almost seeing through when people come and say, "Hey, I want this," actually seeing through what they're really asking and not what they're saying. Mm -hmm. right and that's that you know that saves your life in software and it saves your life with making dresses because usually when you and a classic example is always the you know people would come and say hey i want like you know like a pencil skirt that's all straight down to the knee and then it flares out and has all these pockets and the ruffles on and i'd be looking like and i know that most dressmakers would go and then make a pencil skirt and you know, and the the client would always go, the dancer would then go, oh, it's, it's a lovely skirt, but I never really wear it, right? Because I would then look at them and say, well, okay, you want a pencil skirt? I don't think so. What you want is you want a costume that doesn't make you look fat on stage, right? And your idea of, because when you don't really know much about how this all works, you've heard somewhere that pencil skirts are flattering right? So you ask for a pencil skirt, but I'm going to go back and say, okay, what is it? Make, let's make sure we actually solve the right problem here. Because if the job is to make you something that is flattering and still lets you move, which the pencil skirt doesn't do, then we, because, but then we have a different problem at hand and we can use colors and texture and stretch materials. And, you know, we have all sorts of tools available to achieve that so that you look stunning and you can still move, right? And that yeah. same questioning or actually seeing through what people are really asking. That's, that's gold. That's, that's, you know, yeah, that's absolutely. definitely save software projects. And it saved it saved learn. a lot of sewing projects. And it still works like a treat.
1: That's what I think my wife has had to learn with uh, dresses because she's, she's well endowed upstairs. And so the the uh, she has to buy dresses that I what is it called Empire Empire waist? Mm-hmm. Because it they come in right under the breast and that it it actually slims her a lot because if they if the waist is somewhere else they'll drape off of the front and then make her look much larger than she is
0: (laughs) she needs to find herself a good dressmaker to get those custom made because nothing's more flattering than when something is like really well fitted yeah yeah
1: so it's (laughs) it's interesting like so my my grandmother was a seamstress. and so I actually learned. She she made me learn how to like. I made a robe, um from from, um you know she made me make the patterns and I made pants. Um and I made That's shorts cool. at one point. So I actually I have skills, not not like I could go out and make dresses or anything, but I know how to put a pattern together and like those kind of things. Because my grandma was like, you have to learn these things. <laughs> so That's very like cool, I have very
0: a, cool grandma. <laughs> yeah,
1: I have an idea of like what you're talking about when you're doing those things, but it's a, it's definitely a skill. Um, and it does, it, it applies because I, I know everything from my wife and I are foodies, so we're really good with with cooking. And my, you know, I learned a little bit about seamstress stuff. I do a lot of stuff in the business tech world, and the systems for how you build things, they 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 move from one to the other. Right, which is why one of the things like I've I found it's actually really helpful to learn to pick up new skills. Like you know, I'm learning the piano um, with my son, and my I'm learning archery with my son too. And it's interesting that this skill of learning a system directly applies, right? And it doesn't. Totally. It, it makes all of your skills sharper, no matter where you're enhancing them.
0: Yep, yep, totally agree. Could not agree more.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about the flip side of your superpower, then, right? So, which is of course your fatal flaw, right? And just like every Superman has his kryptonite, or Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad, you probably have a flaw that's held you back in growing your business. Um, something you struggled with. For me, it was a couple of things. I struggled with perfectionism for a long time, which kept Mm -hmm. me from actually shipping product because, you know, if I could tweak it just a little bit more, I might not get rejected in the market when I bring it there. Um, And I also struggled with uh, self care, um, which brought itself out in having terrible relationships with time and terrible relationships with my clients' boundaries and whatnot, and not actually setting good boundaries. So I let my clients walk all over me. Um, So, but I think more important than what the flaw is, is how have you worked to overcome it so that you could continue to grow your business and continue to grow? And hopefully, sharing your experience here will help our listeners out a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it's fascinating how similar we are in so many ways, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, one thing, I mean, they kind of, both. there's two things that are but quite, quite related. Like, one thing is that I'm, as you might have noticed, I'm very excitable, like very passionate about things, so I get excited about a project, so I'm way too inclined to say yes to stuff I shouldn't say yes to. <laughs> so, I mean, and, not, and I mean, there was a whole part when, especially when I started the sewing business and when the sewing, sewing business started picking up, that became a real, real problem. That's what had me burn out, and that was the whole thing. I did not know how to say no. I was Mrs. Good Girl, Mrs. Um, yes is the default answer, and there was a lot, like, the not saying no was the same, but one comes out of creative inspiration and excitement or over-excitement, but the bigger problem was when it came, when it was fear-based, when um, my clients, I actually, for years, I thought, oh boy, my, my Spanish clients are driving me crazy, because they're very, hey, I want this, and I want it now, right, and even if you're sick, well, I'm sorry about that, but I still want my dress, so they were very, and so if you come in there, and you don't really know how to say no to things, right, you think, oh my god, like, And on top of it, you build a business that is entirely, that grows by word of mouth. So when somebody, and on top of it, I had no idea about business. So I understood that, well, if somebody comes and wants something, like it's my job to give it to them, right? So I had no idea that I could actually choose who I wanna work with. And um, on top of it, then, okay well, I need you to bring the stress to the to the theater. I don't have time to come to you. Oh, yes, of course. Now, the first few clients, that's not a problem, right? You're, you're way too happy to have a client and that even this crazy idea starts to take off. But, um, you know, it got more and more and people then, you know, you say yes to one then you can't say no to the next. And the whole time I felt I couldn't say no because, oh, my God, she's going to be really upset. And then if she's upset, she won't come back again. And she'll badmouth me and my whole business goes down the drain. So and I was in that, you know, in that vicious cycle for like for years, right? Until I got so burned out, it was so like physically, emotionally, I was just got to the point where it's like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like if, if this is what the dream is, I want nothing to do with it. And that was the first time that I thought, you know what? The first time somebody wants me to take a dress, wherever, you can just go, you know, and do it yourself. And that was the first time that I had the courage to say no. And what happened was she goes, oh, all right. Well, I'll pick it up on Monday then. (laughs) Right? And that's when I got to see that the whole time that pressure that I've been kind of suffering under was really self, <laughs> self-created, self you know, that I saw, well, wait, I have no way of predicting what will and won't upset people. And, you know, and no doesn't mean they will be upset, just like yes doesn't mean they will be happy. So I got to see a few things in life, right? Yeah, and that yeah. really turned that business around. And, um, you know, and basically, had me shift to what i'm
1: doing now yeah it's interesting because you you think and a a lot of young entrepreneurs go through that i know i went through that um and you realize actually that when you have good solid clear boundaries um that you actually get more respect from your clients Oh, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and And it's the kindest thing you can do Mm -hmm. yeah um and they uh um it it helps you grow because you can focus you can increase your quality your service output everything um, yeah. when you learn how to set good boundaries, um, and so you know, <laughs> good on you for learning that, and hopefully, people can well, pick that up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I wish other people don't take that as long as I did, but um, I learned eventually. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I learned fairly quick. It was I don't know, maybe two or three years of like trying to you know burn the candle at both ends and saying yes to everything. And um, I once decided I thought I was like you know I wonder if like is sleep actually necessary. <laughs> Um, and so I, 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 found out that it is, I made it about three days before I was puking in the bushes. Um, <laughs> so it makes you sick in case you're wondering, don't try that at home. Um, but yeah, so like been there, done that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I want to talk then about your common enemy. And every superhero has their arch nemesis, right? It's a thing that they have to fight against in their world. Mm -hmm. And in the world of business, it takes on a lot of forms. But I want to put it in the context of your clients, right? The ones that you work with now with your tech monster brand. Um, And it's a mindset or it's a flaw that they have when they come to you, right? Um, And you have to fight to overcome it constantly. That if you had a magic wand, you could just bop all your clients on the head and not have to deal with that arch nemesis. What -hmm. is the arch nemesis for you?
0: Um, People are influenced by, well, get, you know, make six figures in six weeks by following my six-step proven success formula. You know, or the version, and basically the variation of learn Spanish in 30 days, right? So everything, I mean, it's not necessarily their fault in that sense. Like when you don't know, obviously you're going to have a look what's around and every software vendor every you know every coach every person who teaches whatever there's always here you know follow my six step proven success formula and this is going to be you're going to have this thriving in six weeks and I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily have to be slow but there's no way in hell that you can promise that it will be fast and especially with with tools it's just driving me crazy because it's always that, oh, you know, build your own website. Three clicks, no no coding experience required. Like, build your own app. Exactly, yep. You know, and everywhere wherever it goes, it's always that you know, the, the, the subtle man, you know, the manipulation of expectations is that this is like a 12-week kind of thingy and I've had people come and say, well, you know, I'm I've, I've just left my job. I've got money till June, so I need to get this thing off the ground right like,
1: <laughs> you should probably have like two years at least
0: well you know and people don't and it's it's that whole yeah that's yeah. the thing it's like people people are um manipulated yeah. into thinking because I think everybody's scared to say hey you're gonna be in for a ride you know and you're gonna your demons will gonna get you like anything you that's in like in my experience you know with the whole thing we just talked about that's a challenge in my business that I never saw coming right I mean it's just like your inner stuff's gonna catch up with you like this is gonna be really the biggest crash course in personal development you, you ever take on and mm-hmm. and it's probably taking gonna take it's like a building project it's gonna take a lot longer than you think and the end result will look nothing like what you thought in the beginning and and there's nothing wrong with that right It's I always say like, Create your business like a piece of art, like learn the bits you need to learn, but embrace the process. It's about painting, not just the picture at the end. It's about the process of making music, not just the bloody song at the end, right? And there's so much more to to gain for yourself, for your growth, for what you can create, if you just embrace that process and not constantly bloody chase shortcuts. It's just
1: you know, yeah, yeah, driving, driving me crazy. The same discussion with so many people. I was like, you're, you're not just going to start a business. Like a business is a lot of skill sets. It's technology and it's communication and it's learning marketing. And sales like,
0: and marketing how you put and together
1: marketing. marketing and sales and like how you actually put together a message and how you find a market and how you actually, you know, yeah. especially with the coaching space, you have to learn how to teach. And then people are like, you know, if I sell a digital product, right. You know, there's no, there's no cup. <laughs> Involved, so I've got 100% margins, and I'm like, if only, if only that's the way it worked. And like, I coach yeah. people. I was like, you should be thinking like a big business, even as a, uh, you're selling a, you know, an online product that has no margin. You should be looking at, at like 30% of the, a 30% profit margin. The other 70% is going to go into finding customers and running your business and getting staff to make things happen, right? That yeah. I mean, that's the way big businesses run, and yours isn't going to be any different just because the product cost doesn't have any deliverable. Yeah. <laughs> and so
0: the problem with it is that people spend so much time second guessing themselves. You know, there's this constant like, you know, <laughs> it's like having little kids on the back of car, Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, so they, they don't actually enjoy the journey. They're constantly second guessing and they tend to give up way too quickly because like, well, this was supposed to be, I've had somebody say to me, it's like, well, this website thing isn't working. Okay what happened like okay well i put this website out there okay out there what does that mean well i published it okay and i've not gone i've not had a single client from it okay so when did you publish it well it's about well we have a look three weeks now right
1: and like they didn't and run think, well, any traffic or do anything for promotion oh, not
0: nothing no no we just like, published I just, it i you just know?
1: took i just went out into the middle of the desert with yeah. no roads or anywhere and i built a gas station in yeah. the middle of the desert yeah and there's no roads there's no market there's nothing there i just oh. put it there yeah and yeah. it's surprising me that no one showed up in the middle of the desert yeah. to buy yeah. gas for me
0: exactly and i think like these these and and people are super impatient with themselves when it comes to tech there's also that kind of misconception like it's always about because that's the thing that's what they've been selling that's what what they get sold all the time you know, everything quick, everything quick fix, you know, no skills required. It's almost like, don't worry, you don't need to know anything. You don't need to learn anything, you know, and you just like buy my thing and all your pro- problems will go away. And then you have to sort of dismantle that and um, and put things into perspective because most of the time they do much better than they think they do, right? Yeah. they just, you know, constantly doubting. And there's there is so much time and, and, and headspace that gets wasted because people are like, well... I don't know. Is this working? Why no? You know, and so that's
1: that's one of the things I tell my tell my clients to tell other people now is like if it's worth your time at all, it's worth the next ten years of your time.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Um. And all of the effort and skills and journey that's going to go into making that happen. And there's a I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of you know. Like I said, it's misrepresented expectations because they Mm -hmm. think it's going to be cheap and they think it's going to be easy and they think it's going to you know, if you just use this one email tool or this one marketing tactic that you're going to make a bunch of sales. Um, and the problem is, is that occasionally that happens, mm-hmm. right? Occasionally for the rare person who just happens to get the perfect offer in front of the perfect audience, they make yeah. something really fast and it explodes for them and they get featured on Forbes or whatever, um, <laughs> but that's yeah. not, that's not the, uh, um, that's not real world. That's, those are the outliers.
0: Yeah. And sometimes there's also, you know, things get missed. Like not like when somebody makes a lot of, has a lot of success fast, there's usually a part of the story that doesn't get told. Like you see it a lot when coaches um, start out and have quick, like a lot of success quickly, you find that they, have come from that they were like a CEO of a company before, and then they just kind of moved into a consulting role, and they kind of do the same thing that they've already done. And the the first clients were contacts that they were already working with, and so there's basically a whole set of circumstances around.
1: So, anyways, just have our fix that for you, Mark. That last couple of seconds it was weird. Um, so, yeah, those are the outliers, and it's not the uh, it's not the standard way things go. No. So how do you, how do you help your clients manage those expectations?
0: Um, Well, basically (laughs) I'm going to, you know, I normally point out where like the big part that nobody talks about, right. As well, when people, when you, when people jump to the tools and they look at the tools and go, oh my God, I don't know. This was supposed to be simple. I don't get it. You know, I will basically bring them back and say, well, okay, let's have a look. It's like when you go and install Photoshop for the first time, right? And you think, oh my God, so exciting. Like I've got the best tool on the market. And 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 I've done that, right? <laughs> like I, I remember the first time I installed Photoshop, it's like, oh my God. And well, do you know how to use Photoshop? No, I haven't got a clue. Okay, no, but not a problem. I'll just read the documentation. I just go through, I just learn, right? And then I looked at the documentation and I found that I didn't understand anything, right? Because the tool assumes that you know about graphic design. Like the tool, the documentation of the tool explains how to use the tool. It doesn't explain how to, how, well, it does, like it assumes you know about color and light and filters and all of that, right? And it's the same with any other tool that people come across where, you go, well, the reason you're struggling here is because there's all this thing here that you haven't got a clue about, right? Yeah, and like- so what, oh. I can, what I can do is I can shorten your learning curve and I can flatten that out because I can see, I always look at teaching and learning as connecting something unknown to something known, right? And if we work together, I can, just by what, how, how you ask the question, I can see what you understand and how I can explain something so that you go, oh, oh, I get that, right? And so we connect something new to something that you already know and then something else and something else. And you start getting a feel like, oh, okay, I can actually figure this out. And then you start get more, and then people get more adventurous and then start trying out. And then it's that like, you know, that the addiction of progress kicks in, but it's literally that, that, and it's hard to find because not everybody, especially my clients, are mostly like fifty and over. So they haven't been taught this stuff at school. So everybody has learned and picked up bits and bobs here and there. So if they go and read something or if they follow a video tutorial, there's usually something in there that doesn't make sense to them, right? So if we work together, I can pick this up. And I'm like, ah, no, no, no. It's it's you're missing that bit of information. And once you say, well, okay, this is the bit you're missing, then they go, ah, now I get it, right? And it's so beautiful to see the how empowering that is when people start to like, okay, so I'm not as stupid as I thought I am, so I can actually figure this out. And then they, you know, and start to experiment and explore and, and, and you know, yeah.
1: basically it it's, it's interesting that it, it goes right back to the expectations, right? Because the documentation mm-hmm. for Photoshop assumes a certain level of education or a certain level of understanding. And you know the same thing. Like I was, I was a. Uh, I always like those commercials on YouTube for like the website builders. They're like, you know, I am going to sit down with this website builder that is going to let me build my website in thirty seconds. And they're like, watch, click, 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 click. And then they have this website, and the thing that always cracks me up. I was like, the website looks great, because when they sat down to it, they had a library of incredible photography. Right, and their incredible <laughs> photography was eighty percent of the design, and I'm yeah. like. So someone comes to sit down to their website builder and they have zero photography to put in there. And they're like, I don't know why mine isn't pretty. I'm like, because they lied to you. They set these yeah. weird expectations that aren't true.
0: Yeah. On top of, and, and see the other thing that people tend to jump to the tool way too quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> people come oh, you know, I don't know. I want to start a podcast. First thing they will ask, what microphone do I need? And I'm like, well, Until you have a really clear purpose, uh, a clear idea, answer to the question, why would anybody give up their precious time to listen to you ramble? Mm -hmm. You don't need a microphone at all, right? And so it's the same with, um, with the website. Normally, you know, even web designers have this problem constantly that they say, oh, you know, like the clients don't send the content. People often come and have a website problem. But when you go, okay, so tell me what you do, like, okay, if I come to your new website, what's the first thing I'll see? Well, I don't know. So usually, well, do you, the, the website feels hard because you haven't got a clue what you're going to put on there, right? So it's most yeah. of the time, it's, it's um, you know, the, the work involves messaging and, and, uh, and copywriting and what are you actually trying to achieve here? What is it that you want to offer to people? Who you want to offer it to so usually that's where the work is right Mm -hmm. and so the people are always surprised when they find themselves like i don't i don't i never thought this could be so much fun right and i'm always waiting for this moment this moment always comes you know when i'm like did you just hear yourself say the text fun right (laughs) and i've got it recorded right because that's the thing they realize that most of the the work is actually creative it's a creative process And the more you actually spend time designing the dress before you start cutting right and people always want to cut first you know but i think well it might make sense to think about what you actually you know well that's the thing and so when you slow them down and 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 take them through that process and like what is it that you're actually trying to create here what is it that you want to communicate what does somebody need to know in order to make a decision whether you're the right help for them or not well that's fun, you know, and that's interesting and that's you know and that's creative yeah. and people enjoy that. And then all of a sudden, okay, if we now know that this is what we want to create, well, which tools make sense all of a sudden doesn't feel that overwhelming, right? So it's all slowing yeah. down maybe. It's
1: one of the things I've done in my business is we've templated everything from home pages to about page stories mm-hmm. to like how you, you actually talk to your clients about what they're talking what you what you want to do for them. And then when we sit down and actually talk to someone, it's like, we're going to start with what's the problem that you're going to solve for someone? Yeah. Because that's way more important than what does it look like on the website? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, and like, that's the stuff, that's where the magic is um, and exactly. the fun is. And then when you're, when you have all of that down, when you go to the website, you're just like, you just start with, Hey, are you, you know, a parent who's struggling giving your kids to brush your teeth? We can help you with that. Right now it's like, you know, exactly where to start. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. And when you take people through that process and they realize it isn't about, you know, struggling and fiddling with, you know, where the button goes and and how to get the, because that's the thing. It's also when when you look at when you compare it with with language learning, people often um, memorize but don't without understanding. It's like when you just learn, like memorize a few phrases, but then when somebody replies, you kind of like, oh, because you don't really understand. And people quite often learn tools like that. You know, the moment there's a new version, they're like, oh my God, like nothing's how it was. And I hate it. And and yeah. so, you know, when they get to see beyond all of that, then, um, you know, it just takes the whole- It always cracks me up with the language, right?
1: Because they, they tell you, you have, to learn how, you have to learn some key phrases, like, you know, donde es style baño, right? Like, where's the bathroom? Which is great. You probably need to know how to ask that, but you also need okay. to know how to understand their response. <laughs> Otherwise you're not getting to the bathroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so true yep yep, yep.
1: <laughs> And you know for the life of me, I'm not sure what it is about Spanish, particularly, but they speak so quickly that I can't hear the spaces between their words so I never <laughs> understand their response.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, actually, I had that experience when I first came to you know, I learned Spanish with this amazing US company and they were they called bilingual America and and so, the couple that runs, it I think they're still there. Um, like one was from Puerto Rico and the other one from Costa Rica. And so it was all very, you know, and they're kind of very careful to be accent and in, independent, right? And then I go to, to the south of Spain and I was warned and I didn't believe it. And I said, oh, you're not going to understand anything. Oh, no, it won't be that bad. I'm just fine, right? <laughs> and I come to the south of Spain, I come to Granada and... I was like that, you know, I could ask where the bathroom is and hell would I not understand a single word. It was really, I'm like, I don't know, did I maybe somehow took a wrong turn and ended up in, this, in the wrong country? It was really frustrating. I mean, it has dissolved, like after a while, like the ear gets used to it if you then just basically stay in there for long enough, yeah. but, um, it was really funny in the beginning. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> cool. So I want to talk a little bit about your driving force, right? Um, and your, which is the flip side of your common enemy right so just like spider-man fights to save new york or you know batman fights to save gotham or google fights to index and categorize all the world's information um i want to know what it is that you fight for in your business your mission so to speak
0: yeah the mission is really like in my perfect world everybody does work they're passionate about because you know like going through the motions and counting down the hours to friday i don't think there's anything sadder in life you know and and there's a there's a book by an Australian lady it's called uh, the top 5 regrets of the dying and she was a, she was a nurse and so she was with a lot of people in the last you know months and weeks of their life and so she started asking and they started sharing their stories and the thing that came out at the top was people regretted not having gone for their dreams right and that like just hit me in the because my like i i immediately thought of my grandma you know, because she had all these things she wanted to do and never, like she went with her music still inside. Right. And I'm like, life's too short for that. So, I mean, if you stuck somewhere, if you have something you want to create, say, create it. Like, and if I can support you with, you know, bringing that idea to life, then then that's what I'll do.
1: Uh, Exactly why I do everything I do with my family and my wife, my kids is, is like, you know, I'm only 36 and I know if I died today, I've done everything I've wanted to do. Like I still have more things I want to do. If I have more, I have more opportunity. But like, I have done everything in my power to run for every dream I've had um yeah, and yeah. that's uh like what more can you <laughs> what more can you ask for in life right yeah
0: i mean that's the thing it's like just to make the most of you know to not think oh i wish i had and you know so many people like oh i wish i could have gone to spain like you well you could right <laughs> you know and yeah, maybe yeah. still sitting 20 years later in the same damn job you hated 20 years ago you know, and I'm thinking it's yeah. just. I tell people all the
1: time, whatever, whatever the uh, like people ask for, you know, what's your your biggest piece of advice when I go into other podcasts? And I'm like, take take the risk, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is that you want to do that you're afraid of. Go do it. Yeah. Right. Um, because that's that's going to, you know, what is it? Mark Twain, he says 20 years from now, you'll regret more of the things you didn't do than the ones you did. Absolutely. Right? and so sail away from the safe harbor, throw off the bow lines, and you know, explore, dream, discover. Right, and that's one of my, like my mantra for life. Um, and I know the other one that really struck me, which which is something you said is, uh, you know, living. You know, we want people to do what they're passionate about. Um, and it's, uh, I can't remember who said it, uh, but it's like, what the world needs is more yeah, people. Yeah,
0: yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Um, so it's like, don't online. ask what the world. Yeah, I, I can't, I get it. I don't get it together now either. It's basically don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who come alive.
1: Yeah, that um, one. That's it. More people who yeah. come alive. Um, and when you find that yeah. thing, when you find the thing that makes you come alive, do it. Yeah, do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a great um, a great driving force to have for your business. And I like that you're helping people do that. So I do, since you talked about tools, want to talk a little bit about tools. Right. Uh, And we talked about this, your hero's tool belt, right? It's a practical portion of our show. Um, Just like every superhero has their tool belt with awesome gadgets like their batarangs or their web slingers or their, you know, fancy big hammer they can spin around and fly with. I want to talk about the top one or two tools that you couldn't live without in your business. Could be anything from your notepad to your calendar to something you use for marketing tools or product delivery, something you think is essential to getting your job done on a daily basis.
0: I mean, this is a tough one for me because I could probably come out with 10, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, but I, I will go for one that that really has um, changed things for me in unexpected ways. And um, well, it's it's ClickUp. It's well, I mean, I'm, and I don't even I'm not even fussed about the tool, right? Whether it's um, it's like a well, task management on steroids. Let's call it. And um, i the only regret I have is like I wish I had started to use a tool like that. A lot sooner like I, it, no like I had no idea click up click up yeah
1: so why why do you think someone should use a task management tool like that
0: it actually well it, it basically does two things for you it frees up headspace in ways that i never expected right because what what i like about this one in particular is that it actually it's easy to feed because i did try you know i have i have tried i had tried other tools before and always found oh well you know in the end then there's the odd thing that you don't put in there and you know any systems only as good as as the information you feed it and if it's not complete it's useless so that was always like everything i tried had always fizzled out and this one didn't because it has you know you know little ways to make it easy to feed it so i get an email i'm like oh yeah i've got to i've got to yeah pop it over to to click up, right? I see a website, oh, bookmark is it's right in there. So, which means I don't, I know I won't forget stuff, right? So, if I'm invited to a podcast, like, oh, I have to send my bio. Yeah, well, I used to, like, oh, Jesus, yeah, for, you know, and the busier you get, and that's the thing, and that's what I remember from the sewing business, that doesn't go overnight. You know, you get busy slower, like, slowly you get busier, and one day you're there, and you kind of, like, don't know how to do it all, and, um, so I knew I didn't want to didn't want to go there. So the fact that it's taken care of, it'll come back to me when I need to deal with it. It's just yeah, I, and I can I can let it go now. I don't have to worry about have I dropped a ball somewhere, right? And the headspace is incredible. And on top of it, it helps you get stuff done faster yes. because everything you need to get the thing done is right in there. So I don't have to like oh I have to send now. Where was that email? oh, Google Drive, law, well, let's see whether we can find something there. You know, you then don't have to run around, try and find stuff, the information that you need to actually get the job done, because it's all right in there. You've got the email trail there, you've got any attachments you need, everything's right there. So it's actually a lot quicker to get stuff done, you know. And on top of yeah. it, you can then work with other people, and it's... Um, yeah, I don't I don't even wanna count how many how many hours that saves on top of the peace of mind that it gives. So that's the top to, tool. I
1: going to check it out because I've always I've always been looking for like a task management tool that helps me get things done. So I'll check that out.
0: Yeah, definitely so. worth checking out.
1: And now a quick word from our show's sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster, having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand creates fame and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. The struggle ends now. Introducing Pushbutton Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcasts.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now back to the hero show. I want to talk then about your own personal heroes. Right. So every hero has their mentors, just like, you know, Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan Kenobi or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, or even Spider-Man had his uncle Ben. Um, who are some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors, you know, speakers, authors, maybe peers who were a couple of years ahead of you and how important were they to what you've accomplished so far?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I would, I would have to start with my grandma, you know, even though she never got to do all the things she wanted, like there was just that spark of life and, adaptability, resilience. There was so much that she had that I always thought, like, yeah, you, and the adversity she had to deal with, yeah, so she's definitely on the list. My dad's there too. And, um, yeah, Jamie Smart, who I did coach training with, I, I, I see him start his first business. And he's come from, from an IT background too, right? And sort of to see his evolution, what he's created and how he goes after his visions or, yeah, definitely there's a little bit like, oh, I want to be like you when I grow up. And, you know, in my way, I don't want to kind of do the same thing, but, but the way he goes about it. And then there were definitely, um, yeah, a couple of people who were, you know, a couple of years ahead of me in that, in the, you know, and just seeing them build their business. And it has that, it shows me what pos- what's possible. Like, you know, when I see one person who does what I'm kind of secretly aiming for, and I've always been like, you know, if 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 there's one person doing it, I'm like, okay, so it's possible. Yep, let's go, right? So, and if they if I can see that one person who, yeah, um, do who it, has do done it, right? it. yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and you know, I always love having the uh, people who are just a little bit ahead of you, um, especially if you have access to them, because you can always be like, hey, what am I doing here? And they they can help you with things that you're uh, you're messing yeah. up. And it's it's amazing too how supportive the community of entrepreneurs is because um, we've true. all been there right we're yeah. willing to help the next generation move up um, take the next steps yeah that's <laughs> so true well, so as we're uh, nearing the end of the interview here i want to talk about your guiding principles right so one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code for instance batman never kills his enemies he only ever uh, puts him in arkham asylum right so as we wrap up the interview i want to talk about the top one maybe two principles that you live your life by maybe something you wish you knew when you first started out on your own hero's journey
0: well definitely <laughs> no is a perfectly a uh, complete sentence is definitely you know like if it isn't a hell yes it's a no uh mm-hmm. that's something that was a it's a hard learned lesson but uh yeah definitely and always following the pull of inspiration rather than the push of fear
1: i like that pull of inspiration instead of the push of fear um, yeah, cause it definitely, it makes, it forces you to, to think about where you want to go and not be yeah. reactionary to what's happening.
0: Yeah. And you come from a different space. You come from that, you know, creative space and there's flow and there's, you know, creativity and there's ease and, you know, and that's a whole different way of going about creating something. than yeah. if you're like, oh, I must reach this milestone and I've got to whatever, right.
1: Yeah, and I found that one of the things really useful for um, like because react reactivity tends to be out of fear. And so when things happen that yeah. you're like, oh, I need to get this taken care of. I need to do this or I need to talk to this person or I need to do these other things. A lot of times your first initial response is like a fear response. So I always like to like sit on it for a day mm-hmm. <laughs> and just sort of let your creative mind get yeah, to it. and You realize, yeah. OK, maybe. I can approach it this other way, or do this other thing, or you find out from the other person that it's actually not an emergency, or it's not a big problem, um, or there was just a miscommunication. And a lot of times, when you give yourself the space to approach something with inspiration, uh, it uh, it helps a lot. Absolutely. So that's a great place to uh, wrap our interview, but I do finish every interview with a simple challenge. I call the Heroes challenge. And I do this to help get access to stories I might not otherwise find on my own. So the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story here on the hero show? First person that comes to mind for you. It's, yeah,
0: it's Angela Durant and she is, she well, we were friends. Too, so we met during coach training. She was a friend, and she was a client, and now we're business partners. And I couldn't admire this woman more. Like she has, she she was born sort of onto this. She comes up from a family of you know was basically the famous uncle, and so she was basically born on stage and shoved on there in you know at a very young age, and you know what come, comes from that stage performer uh, background and built several businesses I don't want to tell the whole story but then um you know like 10 years ago her husband was diagnosed with cancer so that's been you know in the game while she's building her businesses so she's got an amazing story and she's definitely an example for resilience and kindness and you know and having this attitude of getting stuff done despite what's actually going on behind in the background so definitely she definitely deserves a spot on the on the hero well team. we'll
1: reach out to angela later and see if we can get her to come on the show they don't always say yes but when they do we get extra cool stories that we can share um so in comic books there's always the crowd of people who are chapping you know clapping and cheering for the acts of heroism so analogous to that as we close is where can people find you if they want your help in the future where can they light up the bat signal so to speak <laughs> um and i think more importantly is who is the right type of person to actually do that so where and who yeah
0: So where is just tamingthetechmonster.com it's um you know there's basically access to a whole bunch of free resources including a copy of my book and um so you're then in my world and uh, i'm easy to get to get in touch with from there and the people who are the right people for that are people who are coaches therapists who want to go beyond the therapy practice and and um want to bring their content online and want to offer their services online so they can you know, reach more people and impact more people without <laughs> spinning their wheels like crazy and find that the tech feels like a jungle. So that's basically the right people for
1: it. Awesome, thank you so much for coming on today, Anka, and sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. Um, I had a good time you know, just hearing everything that you've been through and the uh, crazy journey you've been on to get where you are now. <laughs> uh, so do you have any final words of wisdom for my audience before I hit this uh, stop record button?
0: Well, there's actually one thing that I always love to, and there's, I, I, there's a book title in there, so there's, there's um, you know, I would say, um, don't try and control the weapons, just
1: for the stone. <laughs> That's good, too. Thank you very much, Anka. appreciate your time. Well, thank
0: you so much for having me.